Welcome to Healthcare IT Today. I'm John Lynn, together with my colleague and friend, Colin Hung. The world of technology and healthcare ever-changing in new and novel ways, and that's why we love this stuff. So join us as we discuss the latest healthcare and health IT news meshed together in new ways which help generate ideas and new perspectives. Plus, we'll have a little fun along the way. On today's episode, we'll be discussing cloud in healthcare. Is it time to speed up or slow down? And be sure to follow the show on Twitter at the hashtag HITSM and our personal accounts at TechGuy and at Colin underscore Hung. Plus, check out our 16 years of health IT blog content at healthcareitoday.com. Are you ready to speed up or slow down? <laughs> I think, Is that life? I, <laughs> I think everyone's yeah. trying to slow down. I don't know. <laughs> I definitely think life-wise, yeah, we're all looking to slow down, but I think people are going to be surprised what we're going to be talking about here on the slow up, speed up or slow down in terms of cloud. I think the obvious answer is, well, we definitely have to speed up, but uh, I think when we get into some of the questions we're going to discuss, the answer may not be so clear. Yeah, well, I mean, not to go too uh, theoretical, philosophical today, I, I tweeted out something about like the impact of always faster, always more, always like, I'm not sure that culture is such a good thing, uh, you know, and you see it so starkly on social media. And, you know, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I don't know, is faster always better? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that old adage, right? Fail fast, fail quick, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, is that really, uh, have we gotten too far? Like, where it's just, you're moving too fast for your, for your own good. Well, and what happened to having a health IT company that was just profitable and provided a valuable service as opposed to, I need to be a unicorn billion dollar company. And so I need to go faster and, and the collateral damage that that comes with right so you know that's where I, it'll be interesting to see if healthcare kind of kicks against some of that fail fast and you must be a billion dollar unicorn or <laughs> we don't care about you mentality because there's a lot of businesses that are just successful and profitable and maybe that's okay Sounds like we have a whole another episode to a topic <laughs> there uh, John absolutely well let's dive into this one so uh What's your opinion on the current state of cloud in, in healthcare? Are we finally at a point where it's just 100% accepted? Well, I think it's 100% accepted that you have to be in the cloud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But maybe not for every single application. So, you know, every healthcare organization is in the cloud business. In fact, I would be really interested. I wonder if there's some health IT vendors that haven't gone cloud yet. Like reach out to us. I want to hear, you know, what's the <laughs> rationale and are you not going to cloud? Like there may be a few legacy ones out there that just said, forget about it. But if you're a provider organization, you're in the cloud, right? Uh, you know, e even email, right? Like, I mean, throw that out there, right? I mean, we forget, oh yeah, email wasn't in the cloud before. You had to manage those. And as I, I have a lot of scars from that past experience where I was so happy to move to Google Apps, right? And, and, and have Gmail as the email system. And you look at that and you're like, man, that was a decade plus ago, right? Where it's like, even email, we were like, should we go to the cloud? Do we trust it? Well, now we don't even think about it, right? We just go to the cloud. So yeah, for sure, there's acceptance that they have to go to the cloud, but I think there is some reticence on some organizations, some CIOs that are afraid to move, especially mission critical applications to the cloud. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's it's not a question of whether 
you should or shouldn't go cloud. I think it's more of a question of the degree of cloud and where cloud is going to be deployed in your organization or not. Yeah, you public, know, I, I, private. <laughs> yeah, there's there's all that debate. And then there's also, as you put it, like what critical systems or non-critical systems are you going to move? Like, I think everyone can agree, you know, non-critical systems or semi-critical systems like email, payroll, you know, those are easier to, to go. You know what? It makes sense to be on the cloud. Those who uh, experience Kronos ransomware may disagree with you. Yeah, sure, sure. The, the Kronos situation notwithstanding. The payroll. But, it, but no, I mean, to your point, right? If it's if it's a business application that is just checked in, you know, occasionally or by a couple people, then it's it's very different to think about the cloud versus, I mean, here, here's one. I, yeah, I'm interested to see what happens with it is like the uh, medical images archive. You know, is that going to fully go cloud or, you know, I mean, those are such large files. Will the bandwidth support it? Are we there yet? You know, it's obviously been like, why would we ever do that? But now we're like, no, we could do that if we wanted to. So, well, yeah. And I think those are sort of the nipping at the edges of, of the clinical, right? I think everything outside of the clinical functions of most healthcare organizations, I think people are, are ready to move there or at least investigate and take a serious look at what's available with cloud. Um, but I also think that that um, you know I th that people are moving or thinking about cloud when it comes to add-on services to the clinical side. Like we we hear a lot about AI, right? And and if you want to you know pass something through an image analyzer and use some AI to look at an image, I mean you're probably not going to implement that in-house, yeah. right? It's probably faster if you just ship that one image somewhere, have it analyzed and have the results come back, right? Mm -hmm. Or same thing with analyzing your logs or analyzing uh, you know this giant data set that came from your data lake, right? You ship that off to someone who has the power to run that AI, and then you, you get the results back. So I think it's it's definitely, you know, a question of, you know, how far into the core are you really going to push cloud? And I think that does vary uh, per organization and per, uh, per leader, <laughs> depending sure. on how comfortable they are. And your point there is more about do you have the processing power to be able to do it or do you need to go to the cloud to do the processing power for an AI solution? Although it was interesting in a recent interview with MBX Systems, he talked about computer vision in healthcare and he likes to talk about, uh, you know, pushing it to the edge and how, and that change of pushing a lot of the AI processing to the edge so that you don't have to go to the cloud to get those images processed to know, oh, was there a fall in the room, right? Because the the video camera recognized the fall and the AI detected, oh, that was a fall, not just them standing up to do whatever, you know, so I, I think that, you know, they want to push it to the edge so that the AI can be done right there and you have near real time results. So it's interesting, this balance that happens where you're like, okay, well, it's great to put it in the cloud because we don't want to have a bunch of servers, but also they're pushing a lot of the processing to the edge as well. So it's balancing. But I think the more interesting one is you look at the evolution of the EHR. Originally, it was all on-prem. Like right. cloud was like this foreign concept. And Jonathan <laughs> Bush came in and said and, and started making jokes about why would you do this on-prem and you need to be in the cloud and you know, all sorts of cloud jokes that Jonathan Bush could only pull off. And you know, <laughs> and he kind of opened the thing. But if you look at it now, are any of them on-prem? 
I mean, they still offer it and support it, but every one of them is has a cloud strategy and how am I going to push you from the on-prem to the cloud? And everyone's moving that way. Lots of interesting things, even, you know, virtualizing it on VMware, which was never in people's thoughts. Like, why would we do that? And now they're like, oh no, I see why we do that. Like virtualized systems that can be more redundant is, is more powerful. And so they're embracing that. Whereas in the past they weren't. So I think that's illustrative of how far we've come with cloud that even something as a mission critical as the EHR is, you know, basically being pushed to the cloud. Yeah, I agree. I remember those early days being at a vendor in that space and, and how there was still a choice between on-prem and cloud and how we were trying to push people to the cloud version, right? And, you know, it was weird when you know, clinical works, you know, came out and, and, and those other companies that were cloud only. And you're like, wow, like, are we ready for that? And we were talking <laughs> about that in the ambulatory space right, where it's yeah. a lot easier to do that. And, and now, you know, fast forward to today and, and, you know, we're talking about major chunks of Epic and Cerner systems being cloud only uh, in order for you to access it. And, and, and for the most part, people are going, yeah, it makes sense, right? It makes sense that this is now cloud-based because it is a little bit easier. And I don't want to be in the infrastructure management business because uh, it's getting more and more expensive, right? And Yeah. What's getting the harder, I mean, I don't think, I, so I actually am just pushing the conversation forward. I don't think the CIOs are talking about this anymore. Hmm. Instead, they're talking about do I want to use a public cloud? Do I want to do a private cloud? Right. Do I, do I want to do some sort of hybrid cloud? Yeah, you know, like those are the discussions and, and how should I do it? And unfortunately, the answer is it's system to system dependent, right? And what resources do you have? And what skill set do you have? And all of those things. So it, it's not so much, are we going to the cloud? It's, should I do it public? Should I do it private? How can you roll it out? You know, what do these applications support? Does it allow me to do things like interoperability, uh, you know, easier if I go a certain direction versus another? Like, these are the questions I think people are asking more so than is cloud in our future. Yeah, it's in the future. <laughs> which is which is funny, right? Because people who are outside of healthcare, like not deep into it, I don't think they're hearing this story where we, their conversation has changed because you're still reading in not an in industry press, but outside outside press who are still like saying, why is healthcare so backwards and why have they not adopted cloud? And I think that's a bit of a, a an overstatement, right? Like I, we are debating whether or not hybrid cloud, public versus private clouds. Like we're having those discussions. Sure, we're maybe a little bit behind other industries, but it's not like we're not having those discussions. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll probably get a few rural CIOs reach out to us after this episode that are saying like, hey, for us, it's still on-prem, you know? <laughs> like, sure. We're not there. So I, there is some of that still in healthcare that I, I think we're going to have for a while. But I think the other interesting part of this evolution of conversation is, in the past, you're like, okay, I just outsource my cloud. I give it to the vendor. The vendor rolls it up into the cloud or whatever, right? Implements it in the cloud. And that was kind of like set it and forget it, right? But I think now when you look at the Amazons of the world and the Google and, and Microsoft, okay, I put the three big players out there, right? <laughs> AWS, you know, Google Cloud and Azure. Azure. Uh, you know, like when you look at those, they aren't just like, hey, here's a hosting provider. 
right? right. Like, which is what it was initially, right? You're like, oh, right. we give you some compute space, right? And good luck, have fun, some file storage and some compute and good luck. And, and so they were almost replicating the blue hosts of the world, right? Or the liquid web or, you know, like GoDaddy. Yeah. But now it's like, like, not even like a next level. They have like, 10 layers of applications to allow you to manage the cloud, to leverage the resources, to move resources, to do testing, to do all of these other things, including services like AI in a box, if you will, you know, maybe it's AI in the cloud <laughs> that, <laughs> that lets you, you know, layer on these applications and services. That's so much more than just, Hey, let's put this in the cloud. Like, and so, you you almost you know there's just this need for a whole variety of services and so when i kind of look at like who are we hearing about in the cloud space sure we hear the three names i just mentioned right they're they're big but when i think about the names in the next little bit it's going to be all these other companies that help a healthcare organization manage the complexity of their cloud implementations. Like, I mean, I, I look at someone like Nutanix, right? Nutanix, I always forget how they pronounce it, but uh, yeah, they, they do so much work to make your cloud more effective or more secure, or to be able to leverage it across multiple public clouds or, you know, those types of things. And I think that's an interesting class of company. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Nutanix is one, uh, you know, Onyx is another, right? Uh, ONIX, they, you know, they do a lot of stuff in helping organizations move to the cloud. And, and it's no longer just a, okay, let's just move this, you know, application over here. It, it's a complex discussion around, yeah, let's talk about your development needs in the future. How much are you going to customize this or add on to it or not? And then how much do you really want to care? Like, do you want to manually provision stuff? You know, do you just want all automated? There's a ton of those things that, that go into that conversation. Um, in terms of companies, you know, you, you brought you brought it up, John, like that we're gonna hear about. I, I think definitely someone that's gonna be in the news over the next 12 months is gonna be Cerner and what's happening with Oracle Cloud, which is a company we've not really heard from a lot in healthcare, but now all of a sudden they're they're in it, right? And you know, will it be a big four? Or, or will we talk about Oracle in the same way we talk about Salesforce, right? Which is a whole, it's more than a cloud, it's a whole app environment, right? And, you know, they've been in healthcare for a while and they've developed some really interesting solutions for the healthcare space that are, it's more vertically integrated on that side of things. Um, I wonder if we're going to hear more from, from them over the next little bit. I mean, I think we're going to hear from them. It'll be interesting to see if it's good or bad, right? And how effective their cloud is with Cerner, right? I mean, I think that's the core question. Uh, no doubt in the acquisition, which we talked about, you know, was to get access to the Cerner cloud business. And then, of course, layer their tools. I think what was interesting, the announcement from them was hearing Larry Ellison talk about all the things that Oracle had accomplished in healthcare that had nothing to do with Cerner. <laughs> you know, it was the COVID-19 uh, vaccine tracking one that they did for, H you know, for, I think, HHS or someone like that right. that implemented it, right? The COVID safe. And, you know, the, and so they did these engagement applications all built on the Oracle cloud. And it will be interesting. Do they integrate those into Cerner? Does, do they use Cerner expertise to enhance them? Like, right. like you said, that's going to be fascinating to see. Or is it kind of like, oh, okay, Cerner will go do its thing and then Oracle will continue its path that it was on previously 
Uh, certainly they're going to integrate you know like well and Cerner was already on uh, uh, on Oracle's uh, database so that was already there and then securing that business but yeah for sure uh, Oracle sees the cloud money and and wants some of it so will will they be a, a four um yeah I'm not I'm not as certain I, I think actually the Salesforce comparison is probably more apps for me um, but the reality is if I'm a CIO at a healthcare organization I'm looking at all this and I'm like Okay, well, I thought I was outsourcing to the cloud to not be in the infrastructure business. And now cloud has gotten so complex that I'm in the infrastructure business again, right? <laughs> so, you know, that's, I think, the question for them. And I have a feeling, though, they're going to look at it and say, okay, we're not going to do this in-house again, but we need some outsourced partners that understand the environments, the different clouds, public, private, how to integrate the two, how to do hybrid, how to manage it, how do I make sure it's secure? They're going to outsource that because that expertise is such a challenge. Hey, if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Healthcare IT Today with John Lin and Colin Hung. Today, we're discussing cloud and healthcare and whether the current situation means more cloud or whether we, or we should slow things down. Today's episode is sponsored by NetScout. They have helped many healthcare organizations harden their infrastructure against cyber attacks, and they've helped improve performance of cloud and hybrid cloud environments. For more information, check out their website at www.netscout.com solutions slash healthcare. So John, let's get to the title question here. <laughs> Given the current financial, cybersecurity and staffing challenges, do we need to hit the accelerator on cloud or do we need to pull back on cloud? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough question, right? Uh, because in healthcare, you have to be careful. <laughs> you don't <laughs> want to hurt patients. There's lives literally at line. So I think you have to be careful, but I would say we need to hit the accelerator. Uh, and it's not just the accelerator on how quickly we're moving to the cloud. I would say hit the accelerator on our understanding of what's available, the security implications, et cetera, right? Like these are important things that are going to be in a healthcare organization's environment for the foreseeable future. I can't imagine any future that isn't cloud-based. So I think most organizations need to step on the accelerator to understand what's out there. And I think that's part of it is that the evolution of cloud has been happening so quickly that many healthcare organizations aren't taking advantage of the redundancy, of the backup styles, of the you know disaster recovery options, of et cetera, et cetera, right? That are available in the cloud. Uh, and, and so I think it's an opportunity to step on that accelerator and benefit from them. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to say a little bit opposite. I'm going to say, I agree with you. That I think in some aspects, we need to hit the accelerator. I think getting familiar with your cloud options, doing the assessment to determine whether or not hybrid cloud, private cloud, public cloud is, you know, which one, what do they mean? And then which one is right for you? I think we definitely need to work on that and we should hit the accelerator on, on that understanding. But I look at, I just look at the staffing challenges people are faced with. I mean, we can barely keep cybersecurity people employed in healthcare. They're all <laughs> jumping off to other companies. I can't imagine what the cloud uh, skill set is like at most hospitals or health organizations. I think they certainly have good skilled people still, um, but I don't see a lot of organizations with cloud or hybrid cloud experts on staff because uh, a lot of them are at, at bigger companies, right? Let's be honest, the salaries there are, are much higher. So I look at that and go, 
just given that reality, if you're in that situation where you don't have the expertise and the knowledge, uh, it can be pretty problematic to move to cloud, right? Like it, it can be, as to your point, kind of dangerous. Yeah, um, it is. You know, these are mission critical applications. A lot of people are depending on it. The, the Kronos incident has shown that even ancillary uh, uh, applications are important. So I say proceed with caution if you're in that situation. So if you've lost people, if you are having trouble getting that kind of skills on staff and you don't have a good partner, I would actually say you probably should hit the pause button a little bit. That's interesting. I mean, it, to me, it supports the previous comment I made around needing to outsource it. Uh, and outsources to companies that really understand it rather than trying to build in-house because you're right recruitment is a challenge right now and I think we'll see a lot of organizations go through that assessment sure if you live in you know Silicon Valley maybe you have some chance although then you have competitive pressures etc right you know you have a great university in Austin right maybe you'll you could recruit some people and build some that way right you know UT is great for that kind of stuff right or you know whatever right There, there may be some consideration but you know I think the challenge when you look at it, though, is that, uh, you know, there's so many things to manage. We've seen this evolution and cycle, right? Initially, everyone's like, well, on-premise is more secure. Why would I want to do the cloud? That's not, that, that just fundamentally felt unsafe, right? And then we realize, oh, well, actually, someone securing something in the cloud with real experts is better than your on-premise where you have one person who's strapped with 17 tasks and can't <laughs> get to security the way that a data center in the cloud could, right? And so, you know, we kind of pushed and said, oh, cloud's more secure. And now we're kind of seeing the pendulum switch back, right? Like, it's like, okay, well, it is more secure if it's configured properly, but now there's so much configuration to the cloud that you're like, if you do it wrong, it can be just as insecure as anything else. So, you know, to your point, if you don't have the expertise to be able to configure it, then you have some massive security challenges that you thought you were solving, but you actually were just creating new ones. Right, right. So, but I think in general, I think I think the expectation is that we want more cloud and healthcare. It just makes more sense. Um, yeah. But I, I, for me, I think once we weather, we have to weather this sort of staffing issue first. I mean, on, on in a perverse way, all the the tech pausing of hiring actually may help healthcare, right? Because we're still looking for people. Now is your chance, maybe, to pick up a few people who you know maybe disenchanted with their move, or you know who who unfortunately maybe you know part of a furlough, right? Because of what's yeah. going on out there. Uh, but I don't expect this to last very long. I think it's going to come back fairly quick, knock on wood. Uh, so, you know, jump on it. <laughs> but, but, to your, but to your point, I just don't, uh, you know, looking at the, the job ads and things, I just don't see a lot of people advertising for really highly skilled cloud people. Um, now, maybe I'm missing it, but, but I think, you know, th that maybe is a sign that people have just found good partners to, to yeah, outsource to rather than try to build this in-house. Yeah, I mean, your comments are interesting. I think of Sharice who said, does healthcare think it won't be affected by the recession? Which is an interesting question. And, and you know, in some ways it's shielded a little because we still need our care, right? But uh, in some ways it's not, we're going to be hit too. Uh, but like you said, there are some interesting opportunities with all these big tech companies laying off people. Healthcare could take advantage of that and say, hey, why don't you come to a slightly more secure environment and, you know, that's more stable and you have an impact for good, right? Which is always the compelling recruiting for a healthcare organization. I think the other interesting one that is worth diving into is the financial. 
Mm. Uh, you know, you see the way that cloud companies are spending to acquire market share. Like, you, you know, it's clear they understand the importance of market share and their desire to have as much market share in the cloud uh, arena as possible. Mm-hmm. And so they're just spending like crazy. But you look at that and you say, okay, well, long-term, how does that play out, right? Does, is there enough competition to keep the prices down and the costs low? Or are we kind of setting ourselves up for financial challenges in the future where we're paying, you know, $100,000 a month for cloud services now, and then they triple the prices and now we're paying $300,000 a month. That's a fear. I mean, interestingly enough, it hasn't happened in too many other places, right? Maybe email is an interesting example to look at, right? It has increased, but modestly, right? right? Within reason. So, you know, but it's probably still two to three times what it was a few years back, right? So it'll be interesting to see how if there's enough competition and that they're not colluding behind the scenes or, you know, even privately, you know, we don't talk about it, but we both increase. And so then no one cares. You, know, you don't have a choice. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how that works from a financial one. Cause that's many CIOs fear. Okay. Well, yeah, it cost me this today, but if we do five times as much, you know, business, that's going to cost me five times as much. Uh, you know, will that catch up to them? I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm leery of how that might play out. Well, as, as you quoted Cherise there, I mean, and what she said about, uh, you know, do you think healthcare is going to be immune to, to the recession? You know, healthcare is definitely not immune to inflation, right? And, yeah. and you know, just look at the cost of maintaining those cloud systems uh, has gone up just because of labor costs, right? And, and things have gone up. So inevitably, the price is going to trickle down to the end users. It's, it's impossible. The economics just don't work for them to sustain themselves if, without passing some of that cost on. Um, so yeah, you're right. I think it will be interesting, especially for new cloud uh, applications. You know, is this an introductory offer or is this like the permanent <laughs> price, right? <laughs> well, and it begs the question, are we implementing the right way in the cloud? And maybe that's a place we need to pull back, right? And really look at it and say, okay, I'm fine to implement on the public cloud, but I want to make sure that I can move from that public cloud to another one which holds you accountable, right? We didn't have that in the EHR vendors. Like you don't want to switch EHRs (laughs) because you know, you can't go to it. In fact, I heard it from some of the old EHRs that are now actually gone. I remember interviewing a CIO and he said, yeah, we rolled out an interoperability thing. I was like, oh, why'd you do that? He said, because we want to move off that EHR. (laughs) And so that was his effort to like say, okay, now you can't you know, strap me because I've, I've exported all the data into this third party system that allows me to move to another EHR and still keep my data. Well, you know, if we implement the cloud in that way, where it's like, it only works on that cloud, then, you know, in that private cloud or public cloud, right, then are you strapping yourself for the future, uh, where, you know, price increases do kind of screw you over because you have no choice. So, We'll have to, you know, maybe that's something to think about and we need more architecture around it. <laughs> well, we could probably talk for another half an hour on this topic for sure, John, but that is all the time we have today. Thanks to all of you who tuned into this episode of Healthcare IT Today. For more details about our show, check out the programs page on healthcarenowradio.com. And please share your voice and engage with the community at healthcareittoday.com 
and on Twitter using the hashtag HITSM. I'm Colin Hung with my friend and health IT collaborator, John Lin. Thanks for listening and have a great week.